Good evening, folks, and welcome back to the Tell It Again podcast, the show for all of the best stories that you have never heard. Uh, we're back after a one-week hiatus. I uh, didn't notify all my listeners, um, or I did notify all my listeners. There's zero of you still, so you would never know. Um, took a one-week break off 4th of July weekend. I decided I'm the boss of this new venture into internet podcasting. And, uh, you know, be bad. You know, you get you get, you don't only get to live once. You only get uh, enough time off to spend with your family. Take the time off from this, uh, the long, arduous hours of devoting your day to making a podcast after your children go to sleep and your wife's at work and nobody's home and you have the office on mute. Um, but I'm back. I'm ready to start. Uh, first thing I've been thinking about this week is... Speaking of The Office, I can't watch anything else. It's the only thing It's the only thing that's ever on my TV. I don't have cable, which is kind of like a, but that's kind of like a, a misnomer because I have the, I have the, you know, I have the IPTV, the fire stick thing, you know what I mean? So I can have cable. I can watch whatever I want. I have, I have more options than I've ever had, and I only want to watch The Office, and I watch it over and over and over again. Every episode, there's none that I don't like. I don't like, okay, there's, I don't like the Did I Stutter episode where Stanley uh, snaps back at Michael and it's uncomfortable the whole episode. That's the one episode I really don't like. But I mean, I watched the Florida episodes, I watched the Robert California episodes after Michael left. Every single one, I watch them and I let it play over and over and over. And my wife fucking hates it. She doesn't like it. I'm always very intelligent. You know, she's a healthcare provider. She fucking hates the office. She doesn't think it's funny. She thinks it's stupid. It's one of the biggest points of contentions in our house. You know, we have in-law issues. We have issues and discuss tactics on raising children. The biggest thing is the fact that I watch the office too much. And I think I'm starting to recognize it as a problem because I can't I get uncomfortable when I think about watching anything else. I think about trying to start a new show. There's all these new documentaries, new murder shit on Netflix. There's new, you know, stuff that I haven't finished. Other TV shows. I want to finish The Americans. I'm almost caught up, but I'm like, now I'm like a a season back. There's all of these things that I want to start, that I want to watch. And it all began really as like a, oh, before I go to bed thing. I know this show. I've seen it six, seven, eight times, you know. I feel comfortable watching and I can lay down and hear it and it's just enough engagement in the back of, in the back of the room to where I can doze off and go to sleep. But now it's like I'm doing homework. I keep it on mute when the subtitles are on. So when I'm in between thoughts, I look glance up, see a little bit of, you know, Michael hanging the St. Pauli girl sign up and Jan throwing the dundee at the plasma screen TV, whatever. I found myself the other night, Sunday night, a couple weeks ago, I really like Westworld. I'm really into it. It takes a lot. And it was either the season finale or the episode before. And I found myself, I, was, I almost felt the pressure. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to get into this. This is kind of a lot. I, um, I really want to watch it, but I'll just put The Office on instead. And I watched The Office. I watched the Westworld episode the following day, the HBO Sunday night programming the following day. Because I felt like I needed to have my security blanket of the of the office on. So, I don't know if this is a new 
type of addiction where learning exists or what this means for me or how I feel or if I need to wean myself off of it and stop watching it. But the dinner party episode's on right now, so we'll find out later, I guess. But yeah, in the other thing is like most parts of the country, it's been hot as dick everywhere, every day. Last Friday exceptionally, exceptionally hot. Almost like 110, something like that. All my listeners that are in the uh, southwest states are going to probably uh, leave comments on my uh, website saying, Okay, pussy, it was 126 in Phoenix, Santa Fe. Okay, man, still pretty hot here. But, and lately I've also been feeling like just like a real washed up kind of loser. You know, I've I've had been dealing with this back pain. It's nothing major, but it's just it's just this nagging thing that's been bugging me. I'm just like, fuck, dude. You got kids. You're married. You go to work. You come home. You do homework. You secretly record a podcast late at night when your kids go to bed, and here you are, and sitting here sweating because your house doesn't have central AC because you live because you pay all the extra money to live in a coastal town like a fucking dickhead. So. It starts to get hot, and I'm and I remember the previous summer. I was like, "Fuck this, man! I'm I'm gonna go buy a new air conditioning. Go buy one of those uh, standalones." So I roll into I roll up to Home Depot, and as I'm rolling in there, there's these other dudes, other guys walking in, and they're like young. They're probably like 22, 23. They probably go to the cool community college in the area. They got tank tops on. They're tan. They're like, you know, six two, six three. You know, good shape, and they're laughing and pushing each other, like, oh, knock it off, man. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm pushing a cart like a dickhead, and they're like, you know, and so all of us walk over to the where all the air conditionings are, and the shit's empty. And I'm like, fuck, dude. This is going to suck. And these guys are looking at fans and stuff. But so I, I get on my phone, I see over in the area, there's a, a bunch of online pickup ACs over here. I'm like, shit, maybe they have some in the back. Maybe they still have some on the online inventory. So I get on my phone and I start looking it up. Before I get too deep into that, I see an associate walk by and I go, hey, man, are you guys really out of ACs? And he looks at me like like I got a fucking dick growing out of my head. And he goes, there's an air conditioning unit literally on every end cap of every aisle in this 20,000 square foot store. And I look around, and the bitch is littered with them. 8,000, 6,000, 10,000, 12,000. They even got those 14,000 BTU motherfuckers. And I'm like, oh, all of them? Yes, dude. He goes, this truck came the other day, delivered way too many to us, and turns out we had a heat wave coming up. Shit. Okay, give me that one. LG, whatever. Throws it in my cart. It's like 300 bucks. Whatever. It's going to keep my family happy, keep me happy, worth it. As I'm walking out, I look back at those other dudes, the cool young cats. And they got like six box fans that were like $16 each. And I'm just rolling out with my fat ass air conditioning unit. And suddenly I didn't feel so lame. So that was my one feeling where I felt like money really bought happiness in that one moment, um, 
But yeah, without further ado, let's get into this week's story. Alright, so this episode I'm going to get into the very few forays uh, that I tried to be a strip club guy. I'm not a strip club guy. I never have been, never really been into it, never, don't really want to be. There's been times um, in foreign countries when you're out and you're having a good time and you, you know, you, you get one of those wild hairs, you decide you're going to do it. So... This time, this time, like there's a bunch, this story, I'm in Peru, and downtown, there's parts of like this downtown of Lima, where it's like, it's beautiful, right, it's a, there's fucking Bank of America, there's Starbucks, there's a shitty American sports bar, and where do you think we're hanging out? Bingo, shitty American sports bar, and we're there, and we're watching like, I'm friends with this dude who's a big Michigan fan, and I'm friends with another guy who's a big asshole. Uh, they're they're playing Minnesota, so my buddy's really into the the you know Michigan game, and the other guy he just keeps looking at him, going Minnesota, and he's yelling it across the whole bar, and we have a huge group of maybe like ten to thirteen people. And we're being loud, we're being stupid Americans, much like I said in my one of my last uh, episodes to not do, episode number one, don't be the big, dumb, stupid Americans, I was doing that. So, take it from me, don't do that. Well, um, we're all getting ready to leave, we have, uh, someone ordered like very, very late uh, set of shots, and I think mine was still sitting on the table. And, um, I'm there in the, in the big group is one of my really close buddies, you know, probably uh, one of my best friends that I had when I was stationed on the ship. And, uh, I'm one of the last ones out and I, I try to slam the shot. And as I'm walking out of the bar, I realize that this shot is not going to be okay. It's not going to go down. This one, this one, uh, God didn't want me to have. So... Everybody's kind of gathering in a group, trying to decide where they're going to go, and I'm like, Whoa. and I so I turn around, and we're outside on like a big street corner, and I see a trash can. Oh, okay, bingo. Walk right over to the trash can, and I'm sick. I'm throwing up. Sure enough, what's a what's one of your best friends do? They come up, they start rubbing your back. They go, "You're good, man. It's okay." Everybody over there is kind of starts to move away, and we're like. I don't really want to hang out with all those guys. He's like, yeah, dude, me either. And we're like, hey, you want to break away and do stuff that, uh, find stuff that might get us in trouble? He's like, yep, that's exactly what I want to do. And we didn't really do anything that would really get us in trouble, but, you know, I'm not trying to go to a strip club with all the, some of the weirdos that were with us. So we're walking up the street and our phones work intermittently and we don't, I speak, as you know, I speak very broken Spanish and we come across this one spot. We're walking down this one side street and we look down this like outdoor looking alleyway that's kind of goes in through a series of buildings, but there's no real doors and there's at the end of it, probably 50 yards down the way. 
There's a big black area with a staircase that goes down. There's a very pretty girl, Peruvian girl, standing out front in very pretty clothing. And I say, ¿Qué es esto? ¿Es chicas? ¿Aquí? ¿Aquí chicas? She goes, sí, sí, chicas. And, I, and so I'm trying to ask if it's a strip club. But I don't know how to say that. So, I'm going, so I want to ask, are the girls dancing? So go, hey, uh, chicas, hey, uh, bailar, bailas, however, whatever the, you know, conjugation of it is. She goes, see, see. She goes, okay, we go in. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, you pay right here. And to the left is a fucking, what looks like a 300 square foot round brick pizza oven with one small input for you to slide your pies through. And it's barred 70% of the way down. And the opening is only about two foot wide and one foot high. And it's the perfect half circle shape where you slide a pizza through. And there's bars on it with just a little opening at the bottom. And you cannot see the person inside. So I, we walk over there. And I say, <clears throat> "Quantos?" She goes, "Yes." And it's a very like, uh, you know, mama san, madam type voice. And I slide in a ten dollar bill, and I get out a weird like uh, admit one style ticket. <laughs> it just slides out from this darkness at pizza oven. And so me and my buddy get one. And we walk downstairs. It's a very big bar. It's it's virtually empty of patrons, but there's about fifteen to twenty women in there, and they're all dressed very scantily clad. And and to their credit, on the dance floor area there are strip poles. Nobody's dancing on them, and the poles aren't raised up as if they were on a stage or a platform. They're just a part of the dance floor. So, I feel like we're in the right place. But so, there's nobody at the bar except for one, you know, vagrant-looking person. But, so we sit down, and we're trying to gauge our bearings. And all of the sudden, it's very clear that we're easy targets. We're dumb, we're white, we're wearing tank tops. We're We're the people who are going to be pegged for money. So the bartender's normal enough, we order beers, we're, you know, sitting there, and, you know, there's, we're getting eyes from one area, some girls come up and they say hello, some walk by and be very coy, and we realize quickly that we're not, we remember quickly that we're not uh, very attractive, or very sought-after individuals in downtown Peru, and once we put two and two together that we're in, we're in a bar full of scantily clad women with no other patrons and us, we're getting the most attention. We're, we're not in a strip club. We're in a, in the lily pad, the, the jumping point of a, of a whorehouse, or, or the place where you would first meet the lady and move to whatever house you want so I look at him I look at my buddy and we go okay yeah, I've never been in a whorehouse never done that for the record 
spoiler alert, didn't do anything with any of these women. The drinks are really cheap, and we're just drunk enough to be excited about what we're doing. So, I start, I see, we start talking to, to some of these women, and um, we're asking questions, and we're going, how are you? And they're flirting with us, and we're kind of saying, like, well, how are you doing? Okay, miss, all right, haha. And some of them don't speak any English at all. So, we're passing back, they have, they're very prepared. They have Google Translate on their phone. So, they're texting their things, it's translating, and they're writing it to me. And they're basically just saying, like, what do you want? And I... <laughs> I'm replying stuff like, what's your name? You know, do you like the new um, Usher album? How are you? How long have you hung out at this bar? Why is nobody dancing? So that's my goal at this point. I'm going, why won't anybody dance? We're trying to make this place that's not a strip club into a strip club. And the whole time, there's one significantly older woman who is... Is if she's Tyra Banks on the catwalk. She goes over and she loads up and she looks and she, she watches us from afar and she waits for the perfect time for herself to walk over. And as soon as she does, she walks over with her hands tight up on her hips and she struts, struts, struts. And as soon as she gets to the last hip, she takes one opposite foot step in front of us and then struts her hip out and smiles and pops the other hip out and smiles again, and looks, and waits for our reaction. And truth be told, she never got one. And she repeated that move no less than four times. She would wait, and she would camp, and it was her, it was her go-to. That's how she was going to get her client, and it must have worked in the past. But we're, the, you know, at some point some of these girls are like, well, you know, and I'm going, ¿Cuántos para bailar? You know, because they're like, how, how much for sex? You want sex? I'm going, no. I would not like sex, thank you. Um, do you guys dance? That's what we're looking for. They don't, nobody ends up dancing. We end up leaving. This doesn't end up working out. We end up going back to wherever we're staying. The following night, we end up going back out, and it was one of those nights that started off really kind of shaky. One of our buddies bailed out. He didn't feel good. I wasn't really feeling that great. I was really forcing myself out, and the beers weren't going down good, and we're ready to call it, and we go to one last bar, and we run into one big group of very fun people that we knew. And we go, oh, we're just walking into this bar. You guys are walking out. Where are you guys going? They go, we're going to the fucking strip club, and our eyes lit up. It was if it was if Buddy the Elf got told he was getting taken back to the North Pole, and we okay. And so, and it in to recap, we're not strip club guys. I'm never. I, I'm really not into it. It was just because it's like once you get the taste for it, you know, like Charlie and D when they get the taste for human, or they think that they do when they had rabies, and you just decide that's what I want to do. Once you kind of get it in your head and then you don't get it out of your system, then it kind of lingers. The weird whorehouse thing didn't count because it wasn't really a whorehouse and we were just kind of like trying to make a fun situation out of it, but then it just kind of got uncomfortable when we didn't really spend any money. But so we go with this big group and it's we find this other downtown that we couldn't have found before and it was looked so cool 
and this is like the strip club we want to be at. And we're, our group of, you know, our new group of maybe like 10 or 15, we're like the only people in there. And there's six or seven girls. And they're dancing, they're doing the thing, and there is one mama-san who is wearing like local flip-flops, sweatpants, and a, you know, uh, some sort of like, you know, fubu tank top or something like that. Her hair's fucked up, and she's just standing there. She's about 5'3", 145. She's looking at everybody, and she is aggressive. And she's just standing there looking and watching. But these girls, the girls that are dancing, are fun as shit. And we have girls with us in our group. Everybody is having so much fun. And there's these two guys that were temporary duty with us. And they, um, one of them, I guess, was dating, you know, some... The, st- the story was she was dating, he was dating some type of, he was seeing a stripper or something like that. Some very uh, sexually liberated girl. That was the joke, apparently. Joke, story, whatever. Well, attached to this strip club is a sex shop. And at one point, this dude, who's very drunk, and by the way, this dude is spending far more money than any of the rest of us. He has the tension of all of the girls in there. So we can we can hardly get we'll, we get one to hang out with us and play fun with us. He's got he's got a swarm. It's like he's the kid at, in My Girl at being attacked with bees, but they're all Peruvian strippers. So this dude at the beginning he sees that there's a sex store and it's closed and he's knocking on it and he realizes it's attached and he's knocking and he's knocking and he's going let me can I come in can I go in they go no it's closed he goes no I'll buy something please I will buy something let me in. And he's just, you know, being a dumb American, holding up American money, like, let me in, I have this, let me go there. He goes in, and I hear this story after the fact. All that I see at the time is he comes back to the group, and I'm sitting right there at the the meat rack, you know, and he just sets a grocery bag down. I'm going, what the fuck is this dude doing with a grocery bag? And I don't know that he's been in this store. And I open it up, and I pull out like a normal-sized vibrator type thing. I go, okay, cool, man, whatever, got that. And then I pull out a novelty, two-foot-long, five- to six-inch diameter. And if you if this was a visual podcast, you will know I'm holding up my hand, creating this, the width, the, trying to create half of the circumference to give a visual to give a real reference of how big this thing was. It's so big. And the first thing I do, it's this long, big dildo with a suction cup. It's a, it's clearly a novelty. Well, my first thought is, is like, I'm this dude is under a harem of Peruvian strippers. I'm opening this thing. He'll be okay with it. I open it up, and the thing moves like... Imagine you're watching one of those... Uh, uh, flailing arm tube guys in front of car dealerships in slow motion and it just moved in complete slow motion and it wobbles and it completely has no structure to itself so this thing is immediately the newest party favor of the entire time I'm holding it out and I'm holding it as if it's attached to my chest or I hold it pointing at somebody's face and I go hey hey real quick look 
and they turn quickly and it's in their face. And then you take it and, and you know how sometimes people will fling dollars onto the stage? I would take the thing and I would windmill slam it right on the stage and I would take uh, Peruvian pesos. You had to take like 50 Peruvian pesos or whatever and you pull the thing all, all the way back like it's a slingshot or a trebuchet and you pull it all the way back and the thing had zero backbone so it would just slow no matter how far you pulled it back from its suction cup as if it was going to fling it would just slowly at about a quarter mile an hour just fling itself back like as if if imagine if eeyore was a dildo it would just slowly go oh shoot poo oh goodness if the eeyore the dildo that's how fast this thing moved and yeah, I mean that was really kind of it. We kind of got the the whole strip club thing out of it for us. It was it was very fun. Um, all the strippers were very good sports. Um, everybody had a great time. And uh, yeah, I hope that story was as funny as I thought it was when I told it.